a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The noon hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all well. Did we run out of music? Sorry about that. All right. Time to make the uh, donuts. Let's go. You're back. Yes. You're safe. Yes. How was the flights? Just delightful. No, no more of that. I'm back here now. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much was that egg and you yesterday? Oh, uh, maybe a 1.5. Well, actually, Wednesday. Oh, that's pretty minor. Didn't we do it for two days? Yeah, yeah we did it for Wednesday. two days. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh, he's been gone. He's lucky we didn't do it for three because he's been gone forever. Uh, were okay, you- when you say gone, meaning like no, physically like gone, gone. gone. Like I did the show. You did the show, no. Yes. I- were you able to catch a Zach Brown concert? No. Or, no. What's, the, what's the one? Oh, I can't ever remember the dorky band that... PK and Gordon followed around. Nitty like, gritty dirt band. What was no, that? No, it's uh, it's Old Dominion. Ah, there that's the go. one. Yeah. Did you catch an Old Dominion concert? No, I did not. Scotty, what did you do in Vegas? Please tell me you didn't just stay in your room. Called a basketball game last night. It's a work trip. Work trip. Grinding. Spent, Grinding. Spent $2,384 and called a basketball game. All right. Let me ask you a um, what would you do situation, okay? Because I ran into a situation this morning. All right. So um, I am leaving for the airport at 3.30 this morning. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, and I was usually, I usually get an Uber because they're a little cheaper, but a cab pulled up to the hotel dropping somebody off right when I needed to leave. So I'm like, oh, I'll just take that cab. A little bit more expensive, but you know. It's going on the old expense report, so who really cares, right? Yeah. So anyway, I um, I wait for the guy to get out of the car, and you could tell this dude was drunk. This dude had been hitting it hard. Just one guy, and a lovely old lady was the cab driver, and she's trying to walk him through on how to use his credit card in the little machine so he could pay his cab fare. Well, she keeps saying to him, Sir, the card's not working. The card's not working. It keeps getting declined over and over and over again. And anyway, this guy, and so she goes back to the front. She goes, let me. Was he too drunk to function? No, no, no. I think he was a little drunk, but also he had, that card was maxed to the limit and had no money. So anyway, she then goes to the. This is such a Vegas story. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> just wait. Such a just Vegas wait. Story. So she walks to the front seat of the car. It's kind of like a van, minivan kind of a vehicle. 
And I don't know what she's going to call her manager or something like that. Well, anyway, homeboy makes a run for it. No. Yes. He's gone. He's he's sprinting. Well, I mean, he's pretty drunk, so he's kind of like all over the place, but he's jogging away. And anyway, this lady looks at the the kind of the the valet guy or just the guy that's kind of outside the hotel. Yeah. And she's like, he's he's running away. And the guy looks at her like, I can't chase him. It's not my job. And then so she looks at me and I'm like, all right, well, look, I'm not fleet of foot, but I'll go after him at least. So I jogged a little bit and um, which, you know, it's not really my forte. <laughs> and I kept yelling like, hey, hey, come back here. Hey, get back here. And anyway, um, how, how fast? How fast was this? Was he was young man, old man? He was. He was on the younger side, probably mid twenties. Definitely not running in a straight line. But he wasn't running in a straight line. Well, anyway, um, he darts into the side of the hotel, and and I'm like, okay, I'm not. I'm not chasing him down in the hotel. And uh, so there's he like a side the entrance. There's a side entrance yeah. to the hotel. So there's the, the main entrance. A, a key entry? No, no. Was... Well, no, he had a key entry. And so he rolls around the side of the hotel. I'm jogging considerably far back behind him and just yelling like, hey, bro, get back here and pay this lady. And anyway, he slips his card in, sneaks into the hotel. And I'm like, OK, I think I've done enough good Samaritan work for the day. I'm not chasing this dude into a hotel. And so I go back, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Maury was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and she's like, oh, thank you. And she... Like the cop on Superbad. But then... He's we, so fast. <laughs> He's the fastest kid ever. He's the fastest human alive. So He's anyway, so fast. So anyway, she, uh, we, go, we hop in the cab, and we go to the airport. She drops me off at the airport, and she's like, it's like 22 bucks or whatever. And she's like, boy, I wish... Wish I could do something. That that sixteen dollars that guy owes me is coming out of my pocket, and she's like looking at me like, oh, and I'm no. like, no, nope, 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 nope. Look, no. look, I had enough physical exertion for the day. That's yeah. that's my. I put in my effort. So so number one, would you have chased him down, and would yes. you have gone in the hotel to track him down? Probably. Okay. Because I like a good story. Yeah. And and you know me. And, and you know I what? like. And honestly, I'm not lying. The only reason I took off after him was like, I got something to tell Lloyd and Hans about. Yeah. That was 100% why I did it. Yeah, I love a good story. And then after a and, while. And, and I do. I'm a looky-loo, and I like to be a part of the the noise, you know? So I would go and jump in and be a part of the noise. But as long as I didn't feel like he was carrying anything dangerous. Well, and that's the other thing, too. Going into the hotel, I'm like, there's going to be a lot of people there. And I'm like, I need to get to the airport. So that's when I gave up because I'm like, okay. Could you have profiled him? Like, could you uh, no, pick no, him out really. of the lineup? No, I was just, I just saw like the back of his coat. Oh. I couldn't give, and I knew, and that hotel was still pretty hopping at 3.30. There was a lot of people in there. So I'm like, it's not worth my time. But here's my second, and I think I know the answer. Would you have picked up the tab on no. the money he let? Okay. That's not, that's not my responsibility. Okay. All right, no. good. There should be some type of cab insurance that would back her on that. Well, she said that it was coming out of her pocket. There's got to be cab insurance on runners. I asked her, I'm like, does this happen a lot? She goes, very, very rarely. Once in a blue moon. I'm like, I would have thought it would happen quite often. That's where Uber has the advantage. Yeah, because you got to pay in advance. Yeah, it's it's kind of a direct pay, and you don't have to mess with yeah. any type of cash exchange. Yeah. So when did you start going back to taxis instead of Uber? Well, the only reason I did is because it was right there in front of me. And the Uber, you know, was like, you know, because I, when I was walking out of the hotel, I, I pop up Uber, and it says, like, yeah, the closest person's like 10 minutes away. And I see the taxi, like, right there. And I'm like, oh. You know, taking like, the taxi. And I'm like, it's my expense report, yeah, you know. Taxis are so gross. No, actually, no. No, this one wasn't bad. It it's wasn't fine. really gross? No. But taxis usually are gross. Yeah. I've been in some really gross Ubers. Oh, I've been in some Have horrible yeah. Ubers. Yeah, horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah. Yeah, some really bad Honestly, Ubers. Honestly, I've had worse experiences in terms of cleanliness in Uber than I have in taxis. And I've taken quite a few taxis, too. What's the worst experience you guys have had with a driver of an Uber? Uh, where they just don't shut up. Well, okay. Fair enough. Do you remember the guy in L.A. was telling me the story about how he killed somebody but blamed it on somebody oh, else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's always fun to hear. I had a guy. Do you coming, remember that? I do remember I was, that. I was sitting in the front seat, Lloyd, and this guy starts in. He's like, 
Yeah, I had a bad situation a while ago. And we were downtown LA. Is that where we were? Yeah. It was when all of us. Uber guy, wasn't it? It was Uber. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I had an unfortunate thing happen. I ended up this and that, killed this guy. And it was a, and I'm sitting there looking at him like, everybody can hear you. That was kind of awkward. I had a guy that just barely, when, when I was in L.A., had a apparently a nervous tick. So I didn't want to say anything about yeah. it. But he had like a tick where he kept hitting the gas. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so I said it like this. I'm like, <laughs> like back. And I'm like, I've got video of it. Like, I Because I'm like, he's got to have some tick. He's got a little restless leg syndrome. Yeah, he and does. He's hitting and the I'm gas. like sitting there going, oh. And by the time I got to my hotel, I'm like, I am sick to my stomach. Oh, man. That story kills me. That's funny. So, is Uber still more affordable than a taxi? Uh, I've I've seen it go both ways because okay, on I average, I feel like taxis are start or Ubers are starting to level yeah, out with the taxi. Yeah, at first, obviously, it was significantly less to mm-hmm. go Uber, and now I've had you know because I'll kind of price match a little bit and be like, okay, you know how much is I'll ask the taxi like how much am I looking at here, and then I'll look at Uber. And I'm like. All right, I'll just take the taxi because they're always there. It's easy. You don't have to sit around and wait. I always hate like now Uber used to be where they just see where you were at and just come. Now they're like, you have to go to this location. And so you're trying to walk with your phone and and you're not trying and you're not sure where the the spot is. And you're and then if you're like two minutes late, they're like, I'm out. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm like right here. And they get all cranky with you and then upset. So taxis are just like, hey, right here, man, let's go. Have you ever used Lyft? Is, is no. Lyft still a transportation uh, that's a good service? question. I've never used Lyft. Lloyd, have you ever used Lyft? Not for any purpose. Nope. It's just I I, only Uber. And it's not because I have a favorite. It's just Uber was the first one I downloaded, and it's just the one I always use. It's always been convenient. But, guys, Uber really is starting to climb in price. Yes, very much so. Uber is. I'll bet there are many scenarios where a taxi is probably more affordable nowadays. Yeah. And I look at the taxi, and they had a sign that said, Okay, this is how much it's going to be to the airport. It won't be any more than that. If it slows down, I'm like, okay, I like that. Let's just go. Plus, you know, I got a story out of it. But you definitely don't take this. You don't take the ding on the six. But she bucks. was looking at me like, hey, um, you going to help me out on this thing? Really? She didn't say it, but she just kind of left it hanging in the air. I'm like, well, that really sucks for you. Sorry about that. I apologize that I couldn't have caught him. Yeah. And could, part could, of me, could and, a fast person, like a jet speed person, oh, yeah, could have yeah, caught him? Oh yeah, yeah. I you probably would you would have caught him. I would. I think I would have tried it. Well, here's the thing. I let it go for a while too. Like I, I, I let him get a really good head start. But, but sometimes you gotta observe. Yeah. Nowadays you have to just check everything. Because my thought is, what if this dude has you know has some kind of weapon on him? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, but this will be a really great story. And then while I'm running, I'm thinking, well, what am I gonna do if I catch him? Like what? What happens at that point? You, if if so, if I were to catch him, I would just take him to the ground and hold him until either she got there or law enforcement got there. But is law enforcement really going to come? And but, but as I was holding him down, sixteen dollar, I would say, "Are you really trying to run on this fee? You're really trying to run on this fee. You're trying to cheat this woman. You're trying to cheat this." I'd be in his ear chirping really heavy. Yeah. By the way, Steve Clarkey says I use Lyft. It's cheaper than Uber, and you can tie it into your SkyMiles. What? What? I had no idea that I could tag that to my SkyMiles account. Doggone it. Yeah, but remember, he's the king of travel. Steve Clark, if you want to know anything about any city, any travel tip, anything like that, Steve Clarkey is your guy. King of travel. In fact, honestly, and I'm not even joking, Steve, because I know you're listening. Like, you should start, like, a travel site. Like, there's this guy called The Points Guy. And now he's created this like empire, this website where everybody goes and gets tips and stuff like that from him. Steve Clarkey should be the new points guy. Yeah, like how much has Larry Gelwick's actually traveled? That's a good question. And he calls him the travel guru. How much have you actually traveled? Because I guarantee you, Clarkey's Clarkey's probably got millions of miles more of travel. Yeah. Well, good job, Scotty. The effort you put in is appreciated. Duly noted. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I I dropped the ball a little bit. Oh, no, you're all right, man. You're all right. Did you yell loud? I did yell. Okay. I yelled very loud. Did you need to see when, what happened to the guy that films things, like people falling into rivers and I couldn't get the phone out fast enough. Okay. <laughs> but like if you were okay, if you tackled this guy, it was a sixteen dollar cab fee. Yeah. 
apparently she goes, and he was coming from a gentleman's, or well, she goes, he's coming from a strip club too. I'm like, okay, we don't need to pass moral judgments. Okay. Were you guys coming from the same place? Hey. No, 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 no. I know, Lloyd. Uh-uh. You uh-uh. sure, Cap? Oh, we don't. Okay. I'm just curious. Sorry. It was actually a $32 fee and we split it. What a treasure. <laughs> we did the split. Who's the rhino out there running? <laughs> Are you kidding me? And, uh, so she cast aspersions. Yeah, she's like, and he was coming from a strip club, too. I'm like, All right. Are you the judge and jury yeah, on this? Yeah, like, okay. Calm down. I'm like That doesn't make him a terrible person. I mean, it doesn't make him a good person, but. Oh, hey, Nate's here. Hey, time, hey, to, get to, time to get to, time to look busy. Nothing to see here. Uh, Scotty's got an extra $16 that he's going to have to get. Uh... Okay, no, that doesn't go to Nate. Oh. That goes to our good friends up at Utah State. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it easy. I wouldn't have flaunted ringing up the expense report, and I know Nate was listening. <laughs> I might get back to my guy, Bovey, though, so we probably ought to be careful about that. All right, Hans and Scotty, let's get to it. Starting lineup right now, right here on The Zone. This is Hans and Scotty G. Let's go! The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It is your starting lineup right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. As always, brought to you by our good friends at Lee's Heating and Air Hands. Now it's time to take advantage of that $59 furnace tune-up. I know, look, it's March. You're thinking, I don't need that furnace tuned up. Yes, you do. You've got to finish the season strong. If you haven't had that thing looked at, it's been a long, hard winter. Get that thing all tuned up and ready to go so it'll be good to go when the uh, fall kicks up. And as you've said, it is now March. What does March mean? Spring football. And we're just a matter of a few days away from kicking off spring football. BYU is going to get in action. I'm going to be down there in Provo getting a good look at Keaton Slovis. Just to see what Keaton is able to do, what this rebuilt offensive line for BYU is going to be able to do, and it is completely rebuilt. Completely. Well, there's a couple of pieces yeah. that will be returning. And I talked about this about a month ago when BYU was wrapping up their season. The highest graded offensive lineman that I actually had from his time on the field, and these are my grades, was Kingsley Suyamata Ea. The second highest grade that I had was Blake Freeland. So you get one of you get your highest grade back. You're losing your second highest grade. Clark Barrington was in that mix and doing great things. Joe Tukawafu, sadly, Scotty, has reached the end of his college no, eligibility. Come on, there's got to be another year for Joe. It's safe to say that the class of 2014 <laughs> dies with Joe Tukawafu's. Oh, eligibility. Come on. So Joe was gone. And Joe was a solid presence when he wasn't injured, when he was on the field, was a solid presence. So now you go to Kingsley, Suyamataea, you go to guys like Connor Pay, who will probably move in and take that center position. You go to a former tight end, move tackle in Kime, playing him at the right tackle. He's big. He's long. He's he's not quite as big as Blake Freeland, but he, he... all his levers are kind of Blake Freeland-esque, so he's very long. You go to a couple of transfers. You're looking at Paul Miley, the transfer out of the University of Utah, and then you're looking at Wayne Lapoeo, transfer out yeah. of Utah State. Yeah. That's your starting five. Yeah. That is your starting five. And I, I you know more about Wayne. I have a really Wayland. good or, or Wayland. Yeah. I have a really good sense on Paul Miley. He's he's very good. And and I know that BYU is excited to have him, and he's very veteran. He's got years under his belt. I know that Kingsley is going to be Kingsley. He's going to be fantastic. Connor Pay is a great offensive lineman. He's probably an NFL guy. Yeah. And we'll see how Kime does taking the starting reps, but it's pretty good. Your depth's gone. When you lose Campbell Barrington, and you lose Clark Barrington, because both of them had eligibility. I think they're both signed with Baylor now? Yes, I think, yeah. I think the Barrington brothers are both signing with Mateos and Jeff Grimes and headed to Baylor, which is a bummer deal, but that is your conference. You don't see Baylor, right? No, not this year. Yeah, you don't see Baylor this year, but that is your conference, and they're going to make that Baylor team better. I, I'm bummed. 
I know that there are a lot of people that know that offense well that aren't bummed, but I'm bummed that Clark Barrington and Campbell Barrington are gone. That would have really been helpful. But you get a couple of tight ends back, and Scotty, it all comes down to can Keaton Slovis be the staple? Three years at USC, played his true freshman year in 2019. It was his best statistical year of his four-year career to this point. So he played 2019 as a true freshman, 2020 at USC, 2021 at USC, numbers dropping and reps dropping Yeah, because he started to have to share things. Then he leaves and goes to Pitt for 2022 where he had some success. Was he healthy through the full year at Pitt? I can't remember if he played all 12 years or all 12 games at Pitt. I can pull it up real quick. But but Keaton Slovis now transferring to BYU. That is the primary question for all BYU fans. Can Keaton Slovis be the next Bo Nix? And if you don't know what I'm talking about with Bo Nix, you can go research him. Bo threw a lot of picks. Bo made a lot of mistakes. Bo was a liability. And then he shows up with Oregon. He finds some consistency. And he was very, very, very good last year for the University of Oregon. Keaton Slovis missed two games last year. Uh, week three against Western Michigan. Did not play in the bowl game against UCLA. Okay. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, had more than 28 attempts in every game. Um, as we mentioned, 2,300 yards. Not a lot of touchdowns. Quite a few interceptions. Ten touchdowns, nine interceptions. It was his lowest completion rate in his four years. 58.4. So lowest completion rate and tied for the high in interceptions. And his lowest touchdown season. You know, you bring up a good point about Bo Nix because how often during the season we're like, all right, well, Bo's going to be Bo again. Every game. And it never seemed to happen. Yeah. Never did. Um, Now... I think Slovis has got an opportunity here at BYU with an offense that is extremely dynamic. Um, a loss of some weapons, for sure. But Aaron Roderick is certainly a fine offensive coordinator and has done some tremendous things in his time at BYU. So, yeah, I think there's an opportunity. But you're right. When it In college football, it really is. It comes down to you have good quarterback play. And if you've got good quarterback play... It overcomes a lot of weaknesses on your team, even if, and I know the big offensive linemen are out there blocking for him, but if you've got a high-level quarterback, everything seems to be in a much better situation for your team. Yep. It just is. That's why you should sell your soul as a recruiter to be able to find great quarterbacks. If you can find one, great. I remember talking to Pat Hill. Well, actually, I was talking to the Fresno State play-by-play guy. Utah State was playing Fresno State. Pat Hill was legendary coach. Talked to Rob McBride. He loves Pat Hill. Uh, Pat Hill's now doing the color commentating for Fresno. And I was talking to the Fresno State play-by-play guy before a Utah State-Fresno game. And we're talking about, well, you know, this team has this. And, you know, we're a little bit good at, you know, we're we're better at this. But this position hasn't been great. And we're just kind of lining up our teams. And Pat Hill walks in and goes, do you have good quarterback play? Because that's all that matters. You got a good quarterback, you're fine. He said, Utah State. They had Chucky Keaton. Gary Anderson won a lot of games. Then Chucky Keaton left, and Utah State wasn't good. Then they got Jordan Love, and now they're good again. It's all that matters. Get a good quarterback, you'll be just fine. It's very helpful. It's like, okay. It's very helpful. So, with that being said, let's just take a look at what Bo Nix did. Bo Nix threw for 3,600 yards. Threw 29 touchdowns. Only seven interceptions, Scotty. Yeah. Had completed 71.9% of his passes. And on the rushing end, had 520 yards rushing and 14 touchdowns on the ground. He was responsible for a total of 43 touchdowns last year. That's pretty good. That's a really good season. Okay, I, I bring up those numbers and I bring up this scenario for just a couple of different reasons. Number one, Bo Nix had played three years at Auburn. And his completion rates were 57.6, 60%, 61%. Bo Nix in 
but his interceptions would weigh would would ebb and flow high. So he was twelve touchdowns to seven interception ratio in twenty twenty, his sophomore year. He was eleven touchdowns to three interceptions in his junior year, twenty twenty one. So he was going through these these flows and just couldn't really couldn't really catch the heat. Yeah. Comes in into a new offense that re-energizes him, has some good pieces, has an offense that is very dynamic. It's a good offense. And and I think that Dan Lanning really had an expectation of that offense kind of being a nice spread with giving Bo Nix a lot of flexibility in what he wants to do. And they were able to max him out. So I know Keaton Slovis has had all kinds of issues, and he's traveled, and he's been at one more stop than Bo Nix was. But what I'm looking at is a guy that's played in many high-profile games, many, many high-profile games. He's been around big-time football. He's not going to be scared of of the situation. So now it comes down to, is Aaron Roderick the right fit? Look at the last two quarterbacks that have been under Aaron Roderick's tutelage. Zach Wilson, through that COVID year, was lightning in a bottle. Jaron Hall, when he is healthy, is lightning in a bottle. Those it, it, At no point were, were those BYU losses a result of the lack of ability offensively. The, the BYU losses came down to them not being able to shake free and, and start to get some pressure on a quarterback and start to get some stops yeah. and at least show some symbolism of defense. They were basically the Denver Nuggets last year. They could do everything offensively, and when it came to a defensive stop, couldn't do it. So my question is, if you can get a couple stops, get Keaton Slovis in a couple of good field positions— Give him a dynamic offensive set and let him sling it. How good can Keaton Slovis be? Because we can answer the question and say, well, we got four years of a sample size to tell you that he's going to ebb and flow and he's going to have some big mistakes and he's going to have some really good moments, but he's not going to be consistent. But can he be Bo Nix in Aaron Roderick's offense? That's what we have to look at. I think that's the biggest storyline for BYU. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all having a tremendous day. 1228 coming up next. We'll continue to get you ready for the start of the college football season. We'll also look ahead a little bit to um, the Jazz and uh, hitting a hitting into a six-game road trip. It's all straight ahead. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome on Rival with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keering. The war movie, The Saving Private Ryan. Where the the one the one German guy doesn't kill him, you know, and he has a chance to, and then that guy comes back later, and and he's killing people, and uh, and the and the the kid realized the mistake he had that you know when his enemy was down, you gotta you gotta end your enemy, or or they're gonna come back, they're gonna and come they're, get you, and they're gonna come get you, and Pac twelve, <laughs> the Big Twelve is gonna come get you. I just I just thoroughly believe it, and I believe I I believe it's. Oregon and Washington, who they're really interested in. It's Unrivaled. Afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars. Perfect for anyone who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. 
Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Happy Thursday, everybody. That's all I got. I don't really care that much. Have a good Thursday. Don't. I don't care. Uh-oh. Jeez. What happened in Vegas? I just <laughs> feel like you've left a piece of you in Vegas. <laughs> By the way, did you guys get that? Did you see see that video? Yeah. The guy slamming oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. gas. <laughs> His foot does have a tick. It does. And I couldn't say anything. I was like, dude, can you please stop? So the car just went, uh, just get going. Mm, uh, mm, mm. I see it. I, and it's funny that you, that is so you to get out your camera and, and zoom in on his foot while he's hitting the gas. And he is, his foot is moving back and forth. No question. Because at first I was like, do I say something? I'm like, no, the guy's got a tick. I, can't, I don't think I can. I, I, you can't do that right now. What are you going to say? Can you hold your speed? Can you stop your tick? Can you please stop? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would advise against that. Yeah. Exactly. Could you use your left foot? Would you? No. It made me so sick to my stomach. No, you just let it go. Have you guys been paying attention to some of the NFL draft boards and um, draft expectations? Usually after the combine, I'll get a little bit more locked in on that. Which we are right on right. top of the combine. Yeah. And we do have some local talent that will be participating in said combine. And there are a couple that set to are set to gain a lot and lose a lot. Because two names that have lost a lot of steam in draft talk are Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua. Injuries and all kinds of different things. And their draft stock and the noise has just really backed off. So... Those guys need to put up some fantastic numbers and have some great workouts so that they can get back into the spotlight. But there are a couple of names that continue to climb and a couple of names that um, a couple of names that everybody needs to be watching for in this draft. There is one guy that has climbed above all other names. And is probably looking at the first round. Does he play tight end? He does for the University of Utah. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the it kid right now. So there's a, a ton of undercurrent expectations for Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, and I don't typically believe things until I get a a text or some type of evaluation from one of the two scouts that I go back and forth with, and. I, all, I didn't ask what round. I didn't ask. I just said, is the noise on Dalton Kincaid real? That's all I texted him. And he, he texted back and he said, absolutely. So right now, Dalton Kincaid is looked at as the second tight end off the board behind that Notre Dame kid. Mm-hmm. That's some of the expectations. Some think he'll go before the Notre Dame kid. I think his name is Michael Mayer or Michael Meyer. That Notre Dame tight end that went for six hundred six hundred eighty five yards against BYU, yeah. yeah, or was it seven hundred twenty? Just cut him up. Oh, it was horrible. He's good. Don Kincaid's better, in my opinion. Yeah. So, Don Kincaid is probably going to go first round, fellas. Oh, I think you can count on it, honestly. And you see a lot of the draft talking heads out there, and when all of a sudden out of nowhere they're like posting film and being like, watch this. Oh, my goodness. I've really stumbled onto this kid. They haven't stumbled on anything. What they've done is talk to a lot of people with a lot of teams that have told him, and he's asked, hey, who should I be keeping an eye on? And these teams have been like, Dalton Kincaid. Torched us. Dalton Kincaid's the real deal. Couldn't stop him. And they're hearing, and he's, and a lot of these people, well-connected, and they start hearing from agents, and they start hearing from NFL teams, and they start hearing from college coaches, and they're like, okay, well, i got to pay attention to this guy. And then all of a sudden, they look at the film like, okay, there's a reason why, and now I'm going to start promoting him. You look at all the draft nerds out there, Dalton Kincaid is the bell of the ball right yes, now. Yes, he is. And there's a reason why. He's the darling. They're getting those that information. So, 
in the history of football, from its inception until now, it has never been better to be a six foot five, two hundred and thirty five pound, sticky handed, broad shouldered tight end. It's it's never. There's never been a better time. And this year's draft is focusing on it. I think in the top three rounds, typically in the top three rounds in years past, you might see two tight ends. Yeah. Maybe three, but maybe two. You're going to see two or three in the first round, and you're probably going to see five or six in the first three rounds. Because it has never been a better time to be a receiving tight end that has some blocking capabilities. And Dalton's got plenty of blocking capabilities. But it's not the number one priority. Not the number one priority. In fact, it, being able to rotate H-back set, connected and disconnected, all in route positions is much more important nowadays than just being a connected tight end that can down block, that can, that can chip, that can combo off the backside. It's, it, you've never had this skill set for a tight end yeah. is so wanted in the NFL. And it all goes back to what we're seeing in the NFL. Yeah. The NFL is dominated by possession tight ends right now. It's a copycat league. And they're seeing George Kittle. They're seeing... Um, Kelsey. Kelsey. They're seeing a select few of these guys that are just mismatched nightmares out there. And everybody's like, hey, look, it's like when somebody drives into a cul-de-sac with a brand new car. Everybody's like, they got a new car. I want a new car. Yep. I want one of those. And, and they start shopping for them. And that position usage for all offensive coordinators, if they haven't adopted it, they better adopt it. Yeah. Because it is showing to be almost unstoppable. <clears throat> I'm actually surprised it's taken this long to copycat when you yeah. had uh, Rob Gronkowski. I know Gronkowski is a unique freak, but I've never really seen – when you see an offensive coordinator focus on it and push it, very rarely does it fail when they have a pretty darn good option there. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to work if you use it the right way. And now with the motions that they use so frequently with that H-back set that I'm talking about, it is so nice to have a tight end that can move in that. And Dalton Kincaid, like you said, he is the bell to ball. He is the darling of the NFL draft right now. And he's probably going to be a first-rounder. Yeah. Outside of that, talking about BYU talent, I do think Blake Freeland is still holding a third-round valuation. I still think he'll be a third-round draft pick, which would be good. It's not the first round that I thought might be possible, and it's not the first two rounds, which I think is what I predicted when he came in as a freshman. Let me just look down at this. Yeah, Blake Freeland will be drafted in the first two rounds. So my original prediction when he came in as a freshman was he'd be drafted in the first two rounds. Yeah, He's probably going to be just outside that. It's probably a third-round pick. I think nobody's going to hold that against you. Lloyd might. But I do think that Blake Freeland will have a 8- to 10-year career. Yeah, I agree with that. As long as his body will hold up under the heavy pressures of the NFL, I think he'll have an 8- to 10-year career. If, he's, if his heart's in it and he's committed to it, and his body holds up. It's weird how much timing you need in everything. It's it's act it's bizarre actually how much how much timing and health and rhythm and everything that that goes into being in the NFL. Got to go to the right team. You got to go be healthy. Got to be around the right staff. I mean, there's so many things that need to go your way. Yeah, yeah. You do. It's got to be. Um, like honestly, there are thousands of players that could have had. Incredible, great careers that were talented enough to do it, but just didn't get drafted by the right team. Yeah, that's happened a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure. Look, Tom Brady was just an average guy. Went to the right team, had the right opportunity, turned it into one of the Gold. greatest careers. There might be more Tom Brady's out there that we'll never hear from because didn't get drafted by the right team, didn't get the right opportunities, not the great support staff. Yeah. Boom. You never hear from him again. Then the other guy that's probably going to go in the top three rounds 
is going to be Clark Phillips. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Clark Phillips is probably a second-round guy, and that is only because this year's draft is stocked full of good corners. Yeah. There are a lot of good corners. And right now, the SEC is it's so flashy and it's a new toy and they look at it like, well, if you played corner in that conference and there are a lot of SEC corners and there's some Big Ten corners that are graded really high, but Clark Phillips should be right in that mix. I think he's probably a second round guy, but I could still see him going sometime around 26 through 45. I could see that being a guy that Goes way early because one team really falls in love with him. Well, and he is a very lovable human being. Yeah. And they fall in love with him because of what Utah puts out there with, yeah. with DBs. And he, he's going to interview really well. When did he get him in that one-on-one interview? He's going to kill those. Yeah, he's a spitfire and pure class. Says and all the right things you want your guy to say in those situations. So, And he's going to test extremely well. Yep. Outside of that, Scotty, I think that most things are completely up in the air. Pukunakua, way up in the air. Jaron Hall, way up in the air. Both those guys really need to make some inroads. Um, because I do think that their stock has fallen a bit. You got a combine, you got a pro day to try to fix some stuff. I think, man, I think that there are probably questions across the board uh, for a lot of those guys. But it's, but it's not too late to show something in your numbers. And, and they can still put up those numbers. Yeah. All right, 1245, 1246 now. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. When we come back, what you may have missed, the great Tim Lacombe will join us coming up at 205. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Of course, he's my co-host for Jazz Pre Half and Post. He's the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jared Vanderbilt's been really the the big name that Lakers fans have been excited about. Is that a player the Jazz are going to regret giving up on? You know, I don't know. I, I think we saw early on. I would say that Jared, his inconsistency at times can be an issue. I think you see games where he flies around. Uh, and then I see other games where, you know, he's just kind of out there. And I think if he can find that, you know, then the Lakers have themselves something. But I, I like Jared here. But but I just don't think he had, you know, that ticker going all the time. And I think it was pretty evident at times that, you know, if he can't shoot and he's not flying around on the boards, you know, what good is he out there? And so, you know, hopefully it works out for him. But I think that I think the Jazz did just fine. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. What you may have missed right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Remember that scene in uh, Happy Gilmore where they're playing dodgeball with the kids? Yeah. Grabs the ball, he goes, You are all in so much trouble. Uh huh kind of feels like the rest of the Western Conference are the kids running around on the playground and the Phoenix Suns are happy Gilmore right now. That's how I feel. You all are in so much trouble. That's how I feel. Um, <clears throat> for those of you that didn't get to watch that game last night, Phoenix took on Charlotte last night. Yeah. And Granted, it was Charlotte. Who was on a five-game winning streak. <clears throat> for real? Yeah, they were on a five-game winning streak. Talk about flying under the radar. And and that's all the broadcast wanted to talk about. <laughs> blah blah blah. Five games, five games. But but that's fine. Yeah. They have lost Lamel Ball, and they're definitely going to jump on the struggle bus here coming up shortly. And I think Phoenix is going to kind of expedite that with the whipping that they put on him. But as Scotty mentioned, I think it's done. My prediction is Phoenix coming out of the West. Boston coming out of the East. I'll take it a step further. 
Phoenix is going to win the whole thing. I would imagine Boston is going to struggle to stop what they have the ability yes. to do. Yep. And as we talk about Denver and we talk about some of the other teams in the West, we talk about their offensive struggles or their defensive struggles. Dallas is going to have defensive struggles. Denver is going to have defensive struggles. I know that Kevin Durant can be hated, and I know that as of late he's looked at as just an offensive powerhouse. But I think Kevin Durant can engage defensively when he feels like a championship's on the line. I actually think he can be a good defender. Oh, yeah. I did it Did at Golden State. When he sees there's a championship possibility on the line. Yeah. And, and I know that Phoenix, in an effort to get Kevin Durant, moved on a couple of their defensive pieces and, and moved them down the line. But what Kevin Durant and those movements might take away, Kevin Durant's scoring is going to give you. He was on a minutes restriction last night and jumped on the court and went for 23 points in 27 minutes. And it, when you watch all of his movements, the first three that he took for Phoenix, knocked down. And and uh, I think it was off of, off a of catch and shoot. If, or did he take it off the top? Maybe he may have taken it off the, off the top and drifted yeah. to his left yeah. and, and knocked down his three. <clears throat> his, his first bucket was a mid-range jumper. Uh, he was able to get to the rim, obviously. I don't need to explain what Kevin Durant's able to do. And... The crazy thing is, is in his first game on the court with Phoenix, you didn't see this awkward pause with Booker, who's been their superstar and their offensive carrier. There wasn't this weird mix. Booker goes off for 37 points. He gets six rebounds. He's got seven assists. You've got Chris Paul that steps on the court, gives you 11 assists. And I do want to mention that a lot of Kevin Durant's minutes were with bench guys. While Devin Booker was taking a bit of a rest, Durant was out there with bench guys, and he was holding the scoring pace and forcing Charlotte to pay attention to him in every movement. I think it's a problem. So there's a couple things that really jump out at me as to why this is a problem, and you hit on both of them. Number one, Kevin Durant didn't need to be the guy last night. He scored 23, which is awesome, and you love 23, but that was Devin Booker's night last night. 37 points. And KD was a support the guy. And the comment I thought was really interesting is he said afterwards, I feel like I fit pretty well. Everybody out there was trying to make me feel as comfortable as possible. I just got to keep hashtag grinding, man. And this jersey will look normal as games go on. If you bottle up that mindset, which I think is easy to do with 20 some odd games left in the regular season and then playoffs, now, if this was November, I might think that personalities might wear on each other throughout the course of the season. But right now, you're going to have a honeymoon phase where Kevin Durant's just out there to help a team win, support Devin Booker, who goes off for 37, and I think he embraces that role for a short amount of time, which will allow Phoenix to win an NBA title. Now, a full season of this, I don't know if Kevin Durant's down for that. He might say he is, and he might believe it at the time that he is, but as the season draws on, I don't know if he can. But for 20 games and a playoff run, absolutely he can. He can. Absolutely And I can. think he will. Yes. Yeah, you get to jump in while half of the business is done. Yeah. And he's been taking a break since early January with a sprained MCL. He's had a very lengthy time off. So he jumps into a situation where he doesn't have to carry. He has to remind himself, just don't be a detractor. Don't be an idiot. Yep. Don't be the typical Kevin Durant. Try to be a good teammate because they've already they've already been to the show. They they know that they can get to the show. They've got pieces that have been there. They know it. All I've got to do is come in and be me, add what I can add, and we'll get there and we'll win it. Yeah. And if he's intelligent and doesn't be a detractor like Kyrie Irving, because Kyrie just can't help it. No. And, and Kyrie's game just doesn't translate to any roster like Kevin Durant's game translates. Yeah. Kevin Durant's game just translates. I, I knew that there might be some headbutting, but Durant's game could mix with Booker, just like it could have mixed much better with Luka Doncic. 
Kyrie Irving's game doesn't feel like it would mix with Booker or, or Doncic to me. No. So, and then meanwhile, you've got Aiton who, you know, because he's seemed to be at times uh, a thorn in people's side and, and maybe an issue for Monty Williams. And th- it felt like the Suns and DeAndre Aiton were going to divorce at some point, but they didn't. And then last night, he goes off for 16 points while having Kevin Durant on the court, while having Devin Booker go for his 37. And DeAndre's got to be looking at this thinking, ooh, championship. I know, right? Championship. If I can average 16 to 18 points a game on a championship season, I'm just fine with that. Yeah. Take home a ring. Yeah. And I just have a feeling that we're we're going to see the Suns rock and roll. They'll They'll rest some guys. They're going to do what's necessary, and they'll probably lose a game here or two, but their first series will be lightning in a bottle, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, you want to break down a schedule? Is it released? It has been released. Got a, we got a schedule. Football we got, schedule. We got Utah and BYU schedule released. The Mountain West Conference just released their schedule. We'll tell you who... Utah State has on their schedule and win when we come back right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.